out there welcome back to talk more talk a solo beatles video cast i am one of your three co-hosts tom hunyadi and you may know me from my other show two legs a paul mccartney podcast on tonight's show we'll be discussing john lennon's first three solo singles give peace a chance cold turkey and instant karma but before we get to that let me introduce to you my three other co-hosts first up he is the longtime host of a very, 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 very good radio show called Every Little Thing, where you will hear every little thing. And one day you could be, and I'm sure you've probably played these three songs that we're going to be talking about plenty of times, so I'm sure you've got these planted in your brain very well. He's also the longtime co-host of the very popular podcast Things We Said Today with Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen. He is the one and only Ken Michaels. Ken, hello, my friend. Hi, Tom. Hi, hi, hi. I liked all those very, 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 varies. You were very, 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 very. <laughs> I was yes, thinking of press, uh, not the Lennon songs. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. shades of uh, feet in the cl- in the clouds. You know, <laughs> that's true. Very good. Very yes. good. Next, next up, he is the YouTube sensation. He's uh, got the, uh, the the all the rant videos. He's got all the the, uh, the solo solo beetle solo beetle and and beetle review um, uh, videos. He's um, he just has so many different kinds of uh, videos, whether it's movies and music. He has vinyl kinds of all kinds, and uh, he's got his listen to this button. And uh, you all know him as Mean Mr. Mayo, but over here. We call him Joe Mayo, and Joe, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, well. Thank you very much there, uh, Tom. Hello there, Ken. Good to see you. And hey, I know Joe. Kit is there somewhere. And speaking of Kit, she is the queen. I mean, it's pretty much the queen of everything now these days. Um, you know, the, the nick- once the nicknames got to about 20 or so, we just said, <laughs> screw it, let's just go with the queen of everything. Mm-hmm. So she is the author of such books as excuse me, Michael Jackson FAQ and Songs We Were Singing, the guided tours to lesser-known Beatle tracks. She is the queen, the doctor. Everything, Kittle, Kittle Tool, and recently, yes. Kit McSexy Butt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um. Kit, hello, how are you? I'm doing great. 
great. And uh, yes, that is my, uh, I, I played this game on Facebook today where it's your Irish nickname. So apparently uh-huh. my new one is McSexyButt. So, you know, uh-huh. I'll, I'll just add it to the list. So well, uh, okay. yeah, there you go. St. Patrick's Day is next week. So, um, you know, get yourself a little button that says Kit McSexyButt or something butt. like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, and I told Tom it's, it's Dr. McSexyButt. Let's That's get right. it right. Doctor, get, doctor, it right. get it right. Show some to you. you. I am sorry. Please don't cut my head off or anything. Right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And I see a lot of people are tuning in already. So, so good evening and thank you for joining us. Tune in. Great. Well, we're glad everybody is here. Thank you for joining us once again, like Kit said. Before we get to tonight's topic, we, we've got, you know, the, all the latest and greatest news with Ken Michaels. So, Ken, as always, take it away. Want to hear me play? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Well, actually, the first news item is one that has to be the first news item. And um, in case you haven't heard the news today, um, it became official that the Fest for Beatle fans has been postponed due to the uh, coronavirus. And uh, we're hoping to hear word at some point of when it will be rescheduled. I do think this was the right move to make. You know, you go to the Fest for Beatle fans, everybody's in close corners, everybody's touching each other and hugging each other and whatnot. And, um, you know, just to play it safe, uh, Mark Lapidos felt that this was the right move. So much for the groupies. (laughs) Famous groupies. Very good. should have said that. Yeah, sorry. So we're all disappointed to hear this, obviously, but hopefully we'll be hearing something soon. We've been hearing possibly the fall it will be rescheduled. But um, as soon as we hear something, we will pass it along to you guys. And uh, you can always call the Fest at one eight six six the fest to find out any updates on the situation. If you can't wait for us here on this show. Yeah, it was really a bummer because, you know, we probably would have announced what we were going to be doing at the Fest tonight. Yeah, yeah. planning but, to. So yeah, yeah, I guess we'll hold the announcement because we, you know, whenever it's rescheduled, we may still be doing it. So, uh, right. something fun. So we'll we'll hold off on it. And of course, as Ken said, we'll keep you posted on uh, it as soon as we hear when it's going to be rescheduled. Yes, you will know right here on this show. Yep. Also, uh, this is according to Roger Freeman's Showbiz Four Eleven column. Anyone expecting? For any of the Let It Be material for its deluxe treatment for its 50th anniversary to come out in May, we'll have to wait until the fall. His information reports that no work has been done yet on the mixing, remixing, and so on of the original album, the original movie soundtrack, or the Peter Jackson documentary. The mixing sessions are set for July. This is all according to this one source. Um, Another reason is that these expensive packages make better sense for a holiday release leading into Christmas time. Yeah. So it looks like probably since that book that we've been talking about will be coming out in October, maybe everything will be out in October. The audio, the video, the Peter Jackson documentary, the original Let It Be film. However, that will all come out. You know, whether it comes out in theaters first with the Peter Jackson, we don't know anything about that yet. But plan for the fall, probably October. 
Right. It makes sense. Once they, once, once they announced that book for, for the fall, I kind of had a feeling that's the direction everything was going to go in. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, just, just specifically because of the last th- two years with the Sgt. Pepper and the White Album coming out in the fall, I thought mm. they probably would have followed suit with the, with this as well. Yeah, I just thought maybe there was a chance they would split <clears throat> the audio and video up and maybe right. have oh, the audio nice. first and then the video later. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, now, we need some good news. and We've got great news here. <laughs> a brand new article posted today from Rolling Stone magazine is all about the history of Dark Horse Records and the artists signed to George's label. At the end of the article, it has encouraging news about work being done for a 50th anniversary release for All Things Must Pass. Danny Harrison and his archivists have unearthed hours of unreleased material and unheard songs from those sessions. Danny says, we have people digging through mountains of tapes and they keep coming, boxes and boxes of them. <laughs> Olivia Harrison says, a lot of it has been bootlegged, but we have better versions. We have all the 24 tracks of All Things Must Pass, and we found lots of different takes and talking in the studio. Now, the article goes on to say that the next few years, there will be 50th anniversaries for the concert for Bangladesh and living in the material world, and those could be accorded expanded editions, although the specifics aren't worked out yet. And get this, your hearts will be racing. (laughs) (laughs) There's even talk of making a documentary out of the 1974 tour as well. Mm. Wow. So things are heating up in the Harrison camp. And uh, I know it said in the article that of all the things that Danny has been asked about, the one thing the most was the 74 tour. So, yeah. And Olivia said uh, that two of the concerts were completely filmed. Right. So, uh, yeah, maybe the next few years we'll be getting a lot of material. That'd be great. From, uh, I found it interesting how Danny described George's voice, you know, during those shows and how he felt that his voice kind of maybe enhanced the, the shows. Yeah, I think he said it was gritty, but it was it w- had a lot of energy to it or powerful. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way he he interpreted it. But yeah, this is great news. We've been waiting to hear for the longest time about anything from the Harrison family coming out. So hopefully, fingers crossed, end of this year, all things must pass, something for that. Also, thanks to Wayne Cabral for letting me know that Paul McCartney uh, just appeared on the latest episode of Alan Alda's podcast show, which is called Clear and Vivid. It's over an hour long, and I have listened to this interview. It's really pretty good. deals mainly with Paul and how songwriting comes to him. And Paul revealed that he has written 22 new songs for the musical It's a Wonderful Life, though not all of them will be used. He said that he is quite far into the project. And in another recent interview, he said it will premiere early next year in London. Okay. Really good interview if you get a chance to, uh, to listen to it. So it wasn't the same old, same old that we're so used to hearing these last decades. Well, he did bring up the story about yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Once again in wait this a minute, interview. Wait a did he dream the melody? Is that, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I got to go back and re-listen just to, <laughs> just to reacquaint myself yeah, with the yeah. story. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, one of Paul's upcoming concerts has been canceled. 
That's on May the 26th at La Defense Arena in Paris from the coronavirus. Okay. Uh, the new April 2020 issue of Guitar World magazine has the Beatles on the front cover. In bold print, it reads Beatles 70 for 1970 and the words John Paul and George's Guitar Revolution. There is information in this issue on Paul's stolen bass and how to slide like George and more. Okay. Once again, Julian's Auctions will have a Beatles-themed auction with more than 300 Beatle items for sale. Among them, Paul McCartney's handwritten lyrics for Hey Jude, and they're expecting between 160 to 180,000 for that. A baseball signed by all four Beatles signed after their concert at Candlestick Park, expected to sell in the $100,000 range. And what they are calling, um, the, well, the original stage where the Beatles performed on May 16th of 1960. They're calling that their first public performance. They were called the Silver Beats on that date at Latham Hall in uh, Liverpool. These are the wood planks taken from the stage. They're estimating getting between ten dollars to $20,000 for it. Other items include Ringo Starr's ashtray, used at Abbey Road Studios, McCartney's script, complete with handwritten drawings and notes from the Hello Goodbye video shoot, and John and Yoko's bagism drawing. The auction will take place at New York's Hard Rock Cafe on April the 10th. How ironic, that date, April the 10th. That's the mm. date when Paul announced the breakup of the Beatles. Sure is. <laughs> 1970, 50 years to the day, they're having right. this Beatles auction. Interesting. Also, in our previous show, we had mentioned that for Record Store Day, John Lennon's classic hit Instant Karma would be coming out in a 2020 Ultimate Remix from the original multi-track tapes. We heard that it'll be coming out as a 7-inch vinyl single. Since then, it was announced that there will be a half-speed master recording on vinyl of Paul's first album, McCartney, coming out, no doubt, for its 50th anniversary. There'll be 7,000 copies made for both the Lennon single and the McCartney album. Tom gave me that information. Thank you, Tom. Record okay. store day is April 18th. Yep. Sad, yeah. Um, sad news on the passing of Simon Postuma from The Fool. Um, he and Marjik, it's hard to pronounce the name, M-A-R-I-J-K-E, Koger, were known for designing clothes for the Apple Boutique, um, they made the sleeves for many albums and worked on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band artwork that wasn't used. They painted the Apple Building on 94 Baker Street in London. They painted George Harrison's Chimney and John Lennon's Rolls Royce. Simon passed away on February the 28th. And then finally, uh, just released, and you can listen to it online and on YouTube, brand new single from Dennis DeYoung. The, former's, the former lead singer of Sticks, doing a duet with Julian Lennon, which is called To the Good Old Days. They sound great together. You can really hear yeah. Julian, you know, his vocals are very pronounced in the, in the duet. Yeah, I thought it was a very well done song. I think so too. So if you can, it's on YouTube. Check it out. I've been sharing it on Facebook. Uh, Dennis DeYoung and Julian Lennon, To the Good Old Days, brand new song. All right. All right. That's all the news. Okay. That's, That's it, huh? 
<laughs> well, there's uh, one other related um, record store thing, they, um, item as well. It was the Rabbi Shankar Chance of India uh, release also for those interested in that. And it looks like that will be the first physical media um, uh, outputting for the uh, newly restored Dark Horse Records, then, I would imagine, since okay. that was produced by Dark Horse. I mean, or, and George Harrison. Mm -hmm. So... Um, cool. So, um, the first, uh, three non-album singles from John Lennon since the, as the 50th anniversary of Instant Karma is coming up and we're getting this released on Record Store Day. Um, what a perfect time to talk about, um, Instant Karma and the, uh, the two songs that came, uh, prior, um, first with, uh, Give Peace a Chance, Cold Turkey. Um, but first I wanted to, you know, just ask you, um, three, um, about, um, you know the 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 idea of of Paul or sorry Paul of John putting out uh, singles as Plastic Ono band, especially this this first one that had a uh, Lennon McCartney credit on there. I mean, do you think? I mean, the, was people confused about this at the time? I I wonder. Um, this you know make it um, official that yeah the Beatles were breaking up. However, this uh, song came out before. Uh, they broke up, but there's a lot of questions, you know, that come to my mind when I when I think of Give Peace a Chance, um, and the fact that it it came out before the breakup. But uh, Ken Michaels, I mean, what your thoughts on on this song? Um, it's it's, um, you know, it, I I really find the recording of it more interesting than the actual song. But but yourself, how do you feel about the song Give Peace a Chance? I think the song as a composition, as a good song, you know, I don't consider it, you know, when, when you think about lyrics and melody in the traditional right. sense, you know, um, it's more of, it's, it's a, it's an anthem song. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing really is the chorus that everybody repeats over and over again. Hardly anybody remembers all the words in the verses. Right. And even in later versions that came out, like the Peace Choir, which was in the 90s, and what Yoko did later on, she released a version of it, she changed lyrics around. But I think that Give Peace a Chance is one of the most important songs in all of John Lennon's catalog. And the reason why I feel that way is because I think it had a, a significant impact on putting an end to the Vietnam War. And the reason why I say that is because Paul McCartney himself said those exact same words. He said that it didn't do it single-handedly right. by creating that song, but the fact that in November of 1969, there was the moratorium in Washington where half a million people sang it with Pete Seeger, you know, that's very powerful right there. They're all, and this was going on throughout most of the day. So Paul felt that that song helped to bring an end to, to the war. And I feel the same way too. And in some ways, you know, we can marvel at how great the music is of the Beatles group and solo, how much we love the songs and the compositions and everything. But, um, you know, if, if creating Give Peace a Chance as a song saved even one life, I think that that's even a greater accomplishment than having a big hit record. Mm. So, um, you know, I applaud John for writing the song. It was very spontaneous, as you know. He was writing it at the time, you know, in Montreal during the bed-in. And um, as far as the production behind it, I love the fact that it was recorded in that room, although there was a lot of cleaning up that was done. Mm -hmm. But the guy who actually produced the record, um, Andre, Andre yeah, yeah, 
Um, there is uh, there's a, a few quotes from him, by the way, in Ken McNabb's book, right. and in the end, where he go, he talks all about this. But you know, he really had to clean up the sound in the yes. room. It was like all over the place. And the very clever thing that he did on there was he took a stick and there was a, a rubber garbage can that he pounded yes. on, yep. and that's what gave it that that thumping sound that right. you hear and give peace a chance. And it was very effective, like everybody's singing along. He wanted it to sound like a, a party atmosphere, not right. like a slick studio production. Um, and it was effective that way. You gotta give mm -hmm. kudos to Andre Perry for doing that. Right. But, you know, I still think it's a very important song, one of the most important ever that John wrote right. for, for the reasons I just gave. Yeah, and you, and you brought up a, an interesting um, topic too, because you know you know you say that you know he wrote the song during the bed in, but you know I was reading now in this you know in this behemoth of a book, they were saying he um, did an interview during that the bed in and said that you know he he had been writing songs and that he had already written a song called Give Peace a Chance. So I thought that to be uh, you know a little bit of uh, interesting information, and then with the Andre Perry too, he had also spoken that he had brought more people into the studio to record more. All we are saying is a piece of chance too, which I think also heightened the the power of of that um, right. that chorus. I mean, sorry, yeah, chorus. So, but uh, Kid O'Toole, what uh, talk about your your feelings of the song and and what? How do you feel about it? Well, you know, it's 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 interesting. I wrote a, an article uh, some years back for Beatle Fan uh, about how this song, um, in addition to something um, like All You Need Is Love or even Happy Christmas War Is Over, um, these are examples, uh, and Give Peace a Chance, these are examples of songs that I think John, you know, wisely... Um, incorporated elements of, of advertising. And what I mean by that is, you know, using almost like slogans, you know, using kind of a jingle, you know, sort of a format that he wanted to, um, you know, communicate a message that would get through to, you know, the, the greatest number of people that he could. He wanted it to be memorable um, and the best jingles, do that and of course a jingle will of want you that the best kind of jingles you remember them um they communicate in in some cases whatever the product is um and will encourage you to do something and then and of course the a typical commercial go out and buy something but in this case uh he's encouraging you to you know either uh you know, go out and protest or whatever it may be. Um, on the David Frost show in, in uh, 1969, he actually said, um, when he was on with Yoko, said, we're trying to sell peace like a product uh, mm. and sell it like people sell soap or soft drinks. The only way to get people aware that peace is possible. And so um, give peace a chance that, you know, I think people often say, well, the lyrics are very simplistic except for uh, as, as you said Ken the parts that you know generally people don't remember use <laughs> the end mm -hmm. of chanting all the names but we all remember the chorus don't we I mean it's it's yeah. everybody yeah. knows it uh, it's a very and in fact a number of the comments we've been getting saying it's the ultimate sing-along that's right that's exactly what John wanted to do um, and notice too 
that he isn't specifically saying go he's not you know urging a specific action you know he's not saying go out in the streets and and march you know he's not specifically saying that but he's you know saying think about it you know think about peace if we gave it a chance you know we and i think he was realistic in in many of these uh songs that that he wrote you know like happy christmas war is is over it's like you know if we want if we want peace and all we have to actually you know want it <laughs> you know we can't mm. we can't just uh you know we want we want to want it to happen and you know it's not going to happen magically in other words so yeah. um yeah and so i think it's it's really um you know, just sort of saying we're not, we have to be kind of, we have to want to make it happen. So I, I think that's what he was, you know, try, yeah. And, and uh, Tony, thank you. That's what exactly what I'm saying. I'm going to put his comment up here. Power, uh, it's, you know, this song is about changing minds. Exactly. Where he's just saying like power to the people is telling people to march. So this is a little bit different than what you would consider as a, as a typical slogan. So I, I think he, you know, and, and of course in the case of happy Christmas wars over, he actually did put up billboards, right? I mean, that mm -hmm. he, they did use advertising, he and Yoko. So I, I think give peace a chance was a very good example of him using these kind of advertising techniques and um, and on purpose writing a, a quotes simple song so that we would remember it. And, and Yoko, by the way, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, I think about Yoko and, and the art movement she was involved in, the Fluxus movement. They incorporated a lot of advertising in their artwork because it was the mixing of high and quotes low art. Um, and so I'm sure she was part of that as well, you know, encouraging him to incorporate both. Plus, uh, you know, he had already um, used some of that as his uh, as inspiration of other songs, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. That was from a poster, you know, an advertising poster for the mm. circus. Um, good morning, good morning. That was from a commercial. I mean, you know, so he was very aware of, of the power of advertising. And I think happiness is a warm gun. Happiness is a warm gun. Exactly. Yeah. So this is nothing new, but I think give peace a chance is, is a very good example of how he effectively incorporates that to communicate a message that we remember to this day. Do you think that because he was still a Beatle that it helped with the power of that message? Well, sure. certainly that, that he, I think he knew he had a unique platform. You know, I, I definitely think he was very aware of that. You know, he knew he had that platform as uh, a Beatle and, of course, soon to be ex-Beatle. Uh, but I, I think he knew that. Um, right. He was very aware of that. And so, and he knew, and of course, that's, of course, doing the bad end. He knew that he would be able to attract publicity doing that. I mean, I think he and Yoko talked about they were willing to make themselves the fools of world or it was something i'm paraphrasing but it was something like that they knew they'd get publicity and so right. they were willing to do that in order to spread this message so yeah i i think he was very aware of of his position and that this message would then be spread far and wide 
That's a good question. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Joe, uh, what say you? If uh, can you hear me all right over there? Yeah, I can hear you. There's just not much I can add <laughs> to what's been said. Um, really, um, I have a lot of similar thoughts. Uh, I've always felt that for me, even though I'm you know a big John Lennon fan, uh, "Give Peace a Chance" is a really good slogan. Very powerful, still holds up today, and you know uh, a chant that everybody can relate to and sing along with but as a record i've never really enjoyed it as, as a record as a fan i mean in other words i i i don't usually want to hear it when i'm playing it like a john lennon compilation or something or give piece of chance because i prefer to skip it kind of long for one thing and uh, i find it a little monotonous as a record although i think the message is strong and it's a great uh, slogan i prefer to, to watch the visual of it in the hotel mm -hmm. room Mm. I mean, as a film, whatever you want to call it, a promo film or when they're all jamming together and you've got Timothy Leary and you've got Tommy Smothers on guitar and uh, who yeah. else do we have in there? Uh, Derek Taylor, Petula uh, Clark, we have everybody, all these people. Uh, to me, that's a spectacle and I really enjoy that as a fan watching that. To actually play the song, it's not one of my favorite John songs, but I I think it uh, serves its purpose. You know, kind of like mm -hmm. how uh, with Paul, I'm not big so much on the song Freedom, but I mm -hmm. think it serves a purpose. It got its point across. Um, and uh, in the case of Give Peace a Chance, it's become like I said, you know, almost like a classic line. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> a lot of times uh, you see that on bumper stickers or uh, maybe if you buy a shirt of Lennon that's on there, give peace a chance and mm -hmm. so on. So it's, it's strong and it really was catchy and it, and, and it worked. It did what it was supposed to do. Um, mm -hmm. I find that if I really want to hear the audio of it, I kind of prefer, I think the live piece in Toronto version, mm -hmm. the live version of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I just like the way that that goes. Uh, it, it just seems a little bit more upbeat. Maybe I don't know if I'd use the word rocking, uh, it's not really a rocking song. I'm not supposed to rock, but Ooh. I just get, I like I like the way John's like coming up with any. He's thinking what he can come up with the names right. and making up mm -hmm. anything to get the point across. It's it's fun. So those are my feelings, Tom. All right. Well, Tom brought up a, a, an interesting point where he he mentioned that um, you know it and, and for me as well that uh, it had been a while before I had heard the full length version mm -hmm. because Shave Fish was one of the very first John Lennon records I had, mm -hmm. and so I only knew it as a minute song, really. Right. And then, yes, and the power of that um, you know the give piece of give piece a chance chant and. Um, you know, it was predominant in the uh, the John Lennon or the Imagine John Lennon movie as well. It was it was on, I believe it was on that um, that record as well. Um, but for me, being like you know, fourteen, fifteen year old, you know, Beatle fan myself, it was really interesting. I really didn't care for it. Um, you know, listening to the, the you know the lyrics, you know, bagism, shagism, dragism, madism. I mean, all these isms, and uh -huh. I mean, and what were the, I mean, you know, how am I going to know what all these <laughs> isms are? You know, 
and um and you know and they're talking about ministers and sinisters and banisters and canisters and you know and, and on and on and on. Yeah. it's just like but but yeah but the 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 power of the chorus you know get a piece of chance is is really what what makes what makes the song um it's just a few facts i mean it did go to number two in the uk hmm. uh here in the states it went to number 14 um you know it's uh, a five minute song like you said joe it is i i do think it's a little too long i think five minutes for that it goes on i know they want to get that point across get a piece of chance get a piece of chance i i understand <laughs> that but you know five minutes might be a little too much like i got it after two minutes three minutes yeah. <laughs> you know but it's 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 an interesting song i mean the the making of it is really interesting like like ken michael said the you know andre perry really had to do some work on the song to make it presentable he brought two copies to john he brought uh, the the original version which they did and he admitted that you know it didn't really sound that good and then he presented him the, the version that he worked on and John liked it so much that he kept it as is, and he also gave him a credit on the uh, on the album. I think it was either a mixer or, or engineer, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was impressed by his work. So uh, you know, I would would imagine that uh, that song was a success. I mean, here's a, you know, you're in the hotel room. You really don't have much, you know, going on. You have a four four mics. You have a um, a four track uh, tape recorder, and you know. It's it is what it is. It's almost kind of like a you know a, a, um, a garage recording in a way maybe yeah. you know yeah so yeah, true, true. but but it's interesting and I I don't know if it's if it's the chance holding up like we all know but the song itself I think I still am not the biggest fan of it you know so you want to talk yeah. I mean a little bit about you were asking originally about the credit about John yeah. you know originally mm-hmm. saying pretty much when asked that he you know he wanted he had this agreement with Paul that we were everything. Yeah. They were going to be Lennon and McCarty, and then later on he said, ah, I should have just made it Lennon and Ono. You know, have John flipping around his opinion. You know, well, he he had said that that the, you know he should have given he, he should have given the credit to o Yoko because that's who he wrote it with. But also, I heard did you know he gave McCartney the credit for kind of like a thank you for for helping him with uh, the ballad of John and Yoko. Yeah, that's John what I Yoko. heard. Yeah, that's what I yeah. And yet, also at the same time, uh, when Mary Hopkin put out goodbye mm-hmm. that was listed as a Lennon McCartney song there, even though it yeah. had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So they both came out, you know, second half of uh, 1969. Can I add yeah. just uh, something about, you were asking about Plastic on Albana, the name and right. everything. That is something that John and Yoko came up with together. And I think a lot of that is Yoko's influence because as we've talked about here with Yoko, there was this tremendous freedom to do whatever you wanted to do. And as they explain the concept of the Plastic Auto Band, the group, it could be anything you want it to be. It mm-hmm. could be a revolving band with different musicians, door of musicians. different lineup every time you want. It could be just nothing on stage, but amps and, and microphones if you want. You know? <laughs> that's, that's how Yoko's mind works. So right. to go out initially as Plastic Auto Band, that, that was something that the two of them came up with together. But I certainly think with a lot of Yoko's influence there. And, of course, that would help, uh, you know, that would give John some freedom um, to to work with to try these different things. I mean, we'll be, you know, talking about cold turkey in a second, but to give them some more freedom to put out some stuff that definitely does not sound like the Beatles. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, so that would, yeah, that would definitely give them, you know, 
to have it be kind of a quotes faceless band, I, I would think would uh, make him a bit more confident um, and get away from the Beatle John image. Uh, yeah. So that could be it as well. Right. Yeah. There, there was one more thing I just wanted to say. Yeah, is I, I was I was talking about Ken McNabb's book, and one of the things that I learned from that um, was that after Yoko had her second miscarriage. Um, John and Yoko needed time away. They spent some time in Scotland. And while that was going on, uh, they had that march in Washington with half a million people saying, give peace a chance, the moratorium. And they didn't know about it when it was happening, but they found out about it later. And they saw the footage of this and it kind of re-energized them. You yeah. know, for anyone who questioned, you know, who are these two people doing bed-ins and what is this? There, Some people thought it was kind of crazy what John and right. were doing. So it kind of helped them give them more confidence. And they were thinking, well, people are catching on to our message here. And so they felt that they could continue with more work in that area. So, um, again, another reason why Give Peace a Chance is so important in John's right. career. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and uh, now a line made famous by the Monty Python bunch. Now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> because in uh, October of 69, we've, we got a, a song that uh, John presented to Paul as maybe a possibility for a, a next single. Um, however, that was turned down for turned down by Paul. But uh, Kit, let's start with you. Uh, Cold Turkey. Um, what a... I mean, a really guitar heavy, you know, play it loud, uh, great vocals. Uh, you know, talk about your thoughts on Cold Turkey Kit. I'll tell you, um, you know, every time I've, I've heard this, I've just thought, what a courageous act <laughs> to release this as a single. I, uh, I mean, it's a great song. Uh, but, I mean, this is a very personal uh, statement. Uh, I, of course, as, as we all know, it's about John and, and Yoko um, kicking heroin. Uh, and boy, does he reveal, I mean, he gives you the sonic experience <laughs> of what exactly withdrawal is like. I mean, I, I just, I cannot think of any, any other kind of song that could possibly, you know, duplicate. I mean, I, I've, I've never experienced it, but... Boy, after listening to the song, I I, mm. I think you pretty much know <laughs> what it must be like. It's it's harrowing. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> harrowing. Um, the I mean the 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 lyrics um, are are just I mean they're to the point. Um, right. You you just you're there with them. I mean, you are there with them. Um, Eric Clapton's guitar. I mean, you you almost feel. I mean the 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 the, the licks are just like I mean. Not to be dramatic, but I mean, you almost feel like they're like like needles going through you. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. Um, and of course, you know, toward the end, when when John is just screaming, I mean, you know, you can just picture him um, on you know in a room, just you know, sweating and and screaming and going through withdrawals. I mean, it it is absolutely. Uh, as I said, it is is revealing some an extremely personal experience, and as you said, Tom, we're saying and now for, for something completely different. Uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't. Uh, I can't think of. I mean, he he certainly did record some personal statements with the Beatles, but 
not quite like this um, and, and this raw. Um, right. And so to release this as a single, uh, I, to say this isn't commercial um, <laughs> is putting it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. so I think this this definitely is a um, a signal of where John was going to go um, in yeah. his, yeah. solo, his solo career. Yeah. That this was you know he was not going to follow. He wasn't going to be commercial. He was going mm-hmm. to take risks. He was going to try different things, and he was going to be honest and uh and and you know right from personal experience not all of the time but a lot of the time so i i think this is exactly it, this this is just a preview uh of of what the rest right. of his solo career would look like so uh, right. so yeah i mean it's i i like the song a lot uh, it took me a while i mean the first time i heard it when i was much younger i mean i was just what the hell is this <laughs> you know, but I, until i you know knew his full story i mean it just because right. it's just so aggressive in your face but once you know the story behind it it, it makes a lot of sense, uh, but uh, but yeah, to release that as a single, wow, that's that's that takes guts. Right. Well, you you mentioned uh, Clapton on the song, but the the, the lineup for this track, I mean, yeah. you got Clapton, Lennon, Klaus Vormann, and Ringo. I mean that. I mean, it doesn't get much how better. Great would it have been to have an album of that lineup? You know, that's just a phenomenal lineup right there. But, well, the, um, the Plastic Auto Band album was almost that. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, uh, your thoughts on Cold Turkey? Oh yeah. Uh, again, like like Kit. I mean, uh, wow, it is in your face. It's really strong and powerful. I've always liked the idea that uh, you know John was like, well, you know, if you don't want to do it with the Beatles, you know, I'll do it on my own. Uh, I, and I sometimes wonder, and people ask me, do you think it would have been as good if the Beatles had done it? What if they had done it as a Beatles song? You know, it, it, it's hard to wonder with, with a lot of the earlier solo songs, by all four of them, really, what would have happened if had they done it as the Beatles, you know? I think sometimes maybe not as good. Maybe unless because we're just so used to it mm-hmm. solo, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, he still, even though he said, I'll do it on my own, he did grab Ringo. He got, yeah. he got Ringo on, on the drums. Um mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's something about the, the honesty of it, as Kit said, that I I really like the fact that look, you know, he, he didn't come out and say it. He didn't just say it in the song. He's not really telling you what he's doing, but you have to know. You have to be clued in. Although there's a little bit of I think when we talked about honesty that I wonder about because mm-hmm. there's a story, and I wonder if Ken knows where I'm going. I'm looking at Ken smiling. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's about this, but uh, maybe it's one of the comments. There was uh, a story later on that supposedly John revealed that it really was about food poisoning, the song. It wasn't about heroin withdrawal, but he said it was about heroin withdrawal supposedly because he was afraid he'd be laughed at. Uh, He confided to somebody, you know, that I won't go into. Maybe we know. Uh Uh, I know who you mean. Yeah, and uh, whether that's true or not, I you know I don't like I like to think it's not true. Yeah, I mean I like to think it's about uh, not that I want to, I, you know I'm not for heroin or anything like that at all, but uh, I never touch the stuff. <laughs> but uh, you know I, it's more of a I guess in the rock and roll sense and 
kicking it and everything. It's more of a, interesting for, for a song to be that rather than be just that he had some bad turkey <laughs> sandwich <laughs> or something like that. Bad turkey. <laughs> so uh, I don't know well, what's true in that regard. I don't believe right. that. I don't either. Yeah, I tend not. I tend not to. And you know, John was pretty upfront about it. You know, things. You know, I mean, he would tell you things, even if it was to his own detriment, and you know, also going to harm him. He would tell you the truth. So, as far as the what I like to think of withdrawal, screaming at the end. You know, that's a part of the song that I think is. Kind of necessary, but again, it kind of wears out its welcome a little bit for me. Uh, I know a lot of times I'll be listening to it if I were, when I had the Beatles channel. I don't currently don't have it on Sirius, but uh, Cold Turkey would come on or something, and my girlfriend would be in the car. She'd be, oh no, you know. And then at the end, I'd, say, I'd, I'd look at her and I'd say, babe, I mean, this he's withdrawing from heroin. That's what that's right. the artistry of this part of him screaming yeah. like this. Yeah. But even I were like. I love that abrupt ending. It's like a real like yeah. abrupt ending. <laughs> you know yeah. how it goes. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that, that's pleasant. I'm, I'm glad to have it in. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. But every time that the screaming and withdrawal, uh, moaning and stuff starts, I kind of like, all right, I, I you know, I'm kind of cringing a little bit. Uh, I'm ready for the end. But uh, mm-hmm. look, uh, but other than that, great, you know, great, daring rocker so to speak, right. powerful guitar, you know, mm. uh, good musicianship from Klaus and Ringo and Eric, you know, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I was, when, when I'm at work, I'll, I'll, I'll put, I'll hit shuffle on my iPod. And one day this song came on <laughs> uh, not too long ago. And, uh, you know, everybody was like getting into it because it's a, you know, it's a large loud rocker and we were, you know, getting into the song. And then all of a sudden, you know, that last couple of minutes and he's, you know, he's belting, belting out all those, you know, aches and pains or whatnot. And, and then <laughs> everyone's like looking at their time. It's like, how long does this go for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's the same thing in mother. When you're listening to mother, yeah, and at the yeah. end, he's, he's screaming, you know, and I, I think that's brilliant. Brilliant, but you know you got to know what you got to understand what the point is. Exactly, it helps exactly. a little for people that are not clued in, I guess. Yeah, mm. I I think that's a really important mm. point. Yeah, with Mother and Cold Turkey, you've got to know the backstory to really backstories mm-hmm. to really appreciate what's going right. on in those songs. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, Ken Michaels, I think Cold Turkey was a very courageous song for John to come out with, and yep. um, uh, unlike. You, Joe, uh, I can never get enough of John screaming. Uh, he could have gone on for several minutes longer. Oh my. The same thing with Mother. It could have gone on longer. Just keep on screaming, Mama don't go. Mother don't go. Daddy come home. I could have taken that longer and longer and longer from John. I love the sound of his voice when it's those rough, larynx-tearing uh, vocals of John. Um, I'm with you on Mother. I'm with you on Mother. Okay. With you. But I think it foreshadowed what was to come with the Plastic on All Band album because that's what you got a lot of with the song right. like Mother, mm-hmm. for example, or Well, Well, Well. Oh, yeah, that's great. For that, for that, <laughs> yeah, great, great screaming in that song right there. Um, you know, I, I, I really love it. I think it's a powerful record. Um, certainly not a top 40 song by any by any means. And but it was. I love I, I did yeah, that's right. It was, yeah. <laughs> Let's say it, it wasn't going to be a huge hit, right? But, um, I love the build-up in the song. That mm-hmm. um, that guitar line from Eric Clapton, na 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 na, over and over yeah. and over. It's very hypnotic. 
And I love mm -hmm. how the song builds towards the end. I thought it was a brilliant recording. And all mm -hmm. the words are very concise. He gets to the point. He lets you know how he feels. And they're very powerful words. Um, I think it's it's a tremendous single. You know, yeah. I love the song. It's one of my favorite solo Lennon songs. Yeah. I noticed what Bruce, Bruce made a comment. Uh, you know, he said, oh, Cold Turkey not reaching number one. <laughs> Was was the, one of the reasons why he returned his MBE? But right. I always thought that was kind of like just thrown in as a kind of jo uh, you know a jocular thing at the end, you know, all sort of cold turkey flipped out. Right. <laughs> maybe uh, for maybe for publicity. Yeah. Yeah. But lyrically, it like you guys say, I mean, it's very powerful. You know, thirty six hours rolling in pain. Praying to somebody, free me again. I mean, you know, you hear things like that, you know, oh, I'll be a good boy, please make me well, I promise you anything, get me out of this house. Yeah, I love that part, yeah. too. I'll be a good boy, yeah. please make me well, you know, and then I, you know, you know when you play, you play with the matches too much, you could get burned, you right. know. <laughs> but both, I love this version, I, I love the version that they played uh, at the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival. Yes. Um, that, you know, that's an excellent version as well. Um, I like the Sometime in New York City live jam. Right. Yeah, that, that's good as well. Good. I mean, it reached number 14 in the UK, uh, number 30 here in the States. Um, and yeah, it, it's, a, uh, it's a very powerful track. The, I, the, the back, I mean, the, the Ringo Klaus um, uh, combo is, is amazing. I've said it on here before that I think Klaus Vorman is one of the MVPs of the solo careers of the Beatles. I know mm, he didn't, like, you know, didn't do anything with Paul, but man, what he did with uh, Ringo, John, and George was some amazing stuff. Hey, Amen. Uh, you know, he did some amazing stuff uh, with, the, with this song and, and the next song as well but yeah the screaming at the end though i've always also felt that in some way that that maybe could have been a little tribute to yoko as well because of her you know style of of, of screaming at the time so i mm. thought maybe that could have you know or you know maybe she influenced him to maybe do that in the song so um very possible know. Very yeah. yeah, could be. So I always, I always thought that was probably really the most powerful part of the song, even though it goes on maybe a little too long. But, and a hypnotic, you know. like Tom Brennan saying, uh, the hypnotic yeah. bass part by Klaus Woman also. Yes, it's, it's hypnotic. Great, yeah, great baseline. Great baseline. Yeah. You know but, what's um, kind of significant about Live Peace in Toronto? If you yeah. were to see that show, you would have heard Cold Turkey not only before it sure, was released. Right. Yes. They played it before it was recorded in the studio. Yes. So when yeah. you went to that concert, got a treat there to a, a Although at song. the end, I think, is that the song where John says, you know, come on, wake up or something? He says something at the end because it wasn't so. much a, a reaction to I think it was yeah. Cold Turkey. It was, a, it was an unknown song and mm -hmm. stuff. And Yoko introduced it as uh, this is the newest song that John wrote. Okay. No, yeah, maybe it was Give Peace a Chance. Of no, no. I'll listen back. I might have got that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good point, sure. Ben. I got that in my notes as well. But uh, I think it's cold turkey. I think it's cold turkey. Been a long, right. long time since I played that uh, live piece. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anybody else want to add anything else to cold turkey? Looking at my notes here. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's all uh, covered my end. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now to probably, I, uh, which I think everybody will agree that it's the creme de la creme of the three. Um, I think this is arguably his best single ever, in my humble opinion. I but, agree. Uh, Joe, mm. Joe, let's start with you oh, on, on Instant Karma and yeah. uh, your thoughts on, on the song. I was going to say that. Um, 
you know, I love Mind Games as a single, but then again, that's really yeah. kind of from an, from an album, you know, uh, Mind mm. Games. Uh, if we're just talking singles, I mean, I love Instant Karma. Oh God, that that that's a, such a strong, guttural, primal, powerful song. I love the way it's produced by Phil Spector. Uh, it's got a little, you know, grit to it. And I think that enhances it, you know. Uh, we used to a lot of cleaner, for lack of a better word, stuff sounding from George Martin, maybe. Uh, but uh, I just like the way that sounds. Um, and the fact that John was so into the idea of doing it urgently and, like, let's do it of the moment. This is why, you know, I want to get it done instant, if you will. And I think it comes across when you listen to the song i think you can it feels like that like it's just like uh fresh uh, powerful and like let's do it now let's just get it all because he yeah. supposedly wrote and recorded it yep the oh, same day yeah was it the same day or 10 days what it was the same day same it was day. released about 10 days after at least because like, i've heard yeah i heard yeah. And, and i think there was a quote from john where he said something like i don't know how accurate it was where about he said i wrote it for breakfast recorded it yeah. for lunch, lunch and released it for dinner or something like that right. uh yeah. i remember that. that's that's pretty funny uh i'm trying to think what, what else i have written here um uh, you know, it's it's noteworthy that he talked about how, for what it's worth, the intro, he used to like to borrow things from other mm. songs and stuff. Yes. You had uh, Richie Barrett's Some Other Guy, the uh, piano chord intro mm -hmm. is like kind of similar to that. Well, he talked about that when he was on uh, WNEW radio with Dennis Elsus, 74. And uh, Alan White is fantastic, <laughs> I think, mm -hmm. on the drums. Again, we got Klaus, uh, George Harrison. Now, what George Harrison on acoustic guitar? But can you really hear it? Would you, you know, I, they, I've say, heard they say electric guitar, but I don't, I don't hear it myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know because yeah. I thought George did. George, you claim that he was on it. I think it, uh, like, he was. He was there in the early sessions for it. Right. Maybe you know, he what? wanted to do a solo after every line or something, and John didn't want. To do that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, but, but go ahead. It's it's hard to hear, you know, a guitar part <laughs> there in the song, and um, it's certainly if there is one, it's not like it stands out that it's George Harrison right. playing it. So um, yeah, but he's always been listed in the credits for instance. Yeah, Kramer. that's true. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's yeah interesting. Uh, yeah, Joe, you made you, you come up with a with a good point with with Alan White. Um, you know, you, you also said you know it felt hurried. But I, you know, I, I get that, but I feel like it's hurried in a good way, you know, throughout the music. And I think that's largely part to, to Alan's, Alan White's drumming. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a great uh, track by him. I, I think in, in a way it's very uh, Ringo-esque, especially during the fills uh, mm -hmm. on that song. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, good point. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, but uh, Ken. If I could just add, when he, I was thinking before I forget this, when he said, you know, we all shine on that 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 that, that line, in light of what happened to John, that also has a kind of resonance to it. Also, mm -hmm. in, in retrospect, I mean, this is since what happened to him, uh, that he still was, you know, part part of everything, and uh, we mm -hmm. all remember him and stuff like that. We all shine on. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Ken? Wow. Um, you know, this is definitely one of John's greatest songs in his solo yeah. career, probably of all time, I think. Mm -hmm. He put out so many great singles to me, 
we could all debate what our favorite is. I mean, for me, Woman is my favorite John Lennon single. But as far as, you know, standalone singles that didn't come from albums, yeah, Instant Karma is right up there. Uh, I love Cold Turkey, too. <laughs> but uh, it's such a powerful song. John's vocals are amazing. The chorus is is also so fantastic and catchy. So, so great to sing along with. Um, I definitely think it's one of his strongest songs. And um, it's it's one that classic rock radio still continues to play. You know, that. Yeah. you know, yeah. radio stations, you know, over the years, unfortunately, there's a lot of songs in the past that they don't play anymore or don't play as much. Instant Karma is one of the few John Lennon songs from his solo career, along with Imagine, that still gets played yes. quite frequently. Because it also has an edge to it. You know, mm. a lot of John's songs have edge without having guitar solos because the vocals no, are so, you know, because yeah. the vocals are so strong and edgy, you know, yep. and uh, that's, that's what carries a lot of his music, you know, apart mm -hmm. from the fact that, you know, the lyrics are great and the melody is great. Um, yeah. It's just a wonderful song altogether. Um, yeah. No argument there, it, you know, and it competed with let it be, you know, yes. as a single at the same yeah. time. Yeah. What a great time to be listening to the radio then for a beat. Oh, I read something somewhere that this was uh, possibly, was it the first, oh, gee, uh, I want to say a uh, million seller. I got to remember the details about it. The first solo something or other. I don't know if it was. It was, it was definitely the first in America, the first mm -hmm. top 10 hit from a solo Beatle. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, it probably, I'm pretty sure it was a million seller too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You probably bring up you bring up something interesting, Ken. You bring up where it competed with the single uh, Let It Be, correct? Right? Yeah. Was that? It's yeah. Pretty so, much the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. So if John was able to do that, why did they give Paul such a hard time about releasing McCartney as the same time as, as the album? You know, it's, no. not everything is <laughs> easy to understand. In the right. Beatle world. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably because, <laughs> because he asked, Paul said, keep it quiet. Then he went ahead and turned around and put his album out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like um, when Red Rose Speedway came out, the deluxe mm -hmm. edition, and people were saying, why didn't he put out a double album all these years? And, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. I, and I, my natural reaction would be, well, you know, wildlife didn't do all that well. And then right, people exactly. came back with me and said, but Yoko Ono put out two double albums. So, <laughs> you know, not everything is logical. Right. You know? It is so, not. It is not. Yeah. Uh, Dr. O'Toole? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, definitely going to be, uh, have to echo you guys. I, I think this is uh, one of his finest singles. Um, and what I like is, you know, I, I just think, like power to the people um it, it just grabs you from the get-go you know um in the case of power to the people it's it's uh you know the marching the sound of the marching and and the the chorus and power of the people with uh instant karma it's uh the those chords and then those drums just hit you right away that, mm -hmm. you know and uh, and yeah, and, and a couple of, of uh, commenters have said this, and I agree that Alan White is, along with John, of course, the MVP of this track. I mean, his drums are, are just so hard hitting, um, and and they they just uh, uh, just propel the the song. Um, 
And I am not, I think I've talked about it before in the show, that I'm not the world's biggest Phil Spector fan. But mm. I think he nailed the production on this. Because yeah. it's just, mm. it, he really did. Um, you know, the it, it just absolutely, uh, it just bursts through the speakers, you know. And, mm. uh, and John's voice, you know, I, I tend to get frustrated because I'm, I'm sure we've discussed it on the show before how John notoriously hated his voice and mm-hmm. uh, and insisted on having all these effects done to it. But in this case, having that sort of reverb on on his voice, um, it, it almost made him sound like, you know, he was delivering this message from on high. I mean, when he, that first stanza, you know, instant karma is going to get you, going to knock you right on the head. You better get mm. yourself together pretty soon. You're going to be right. dead. I mean, that's right, Albert wh- Goldman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But I mean, but but yeah, I mean, you know, he's saying I'm here to deliver a message, uh, you know, about Instacart. And I mean, it's it. You just uh, you're there from the get go. Uh, you're there following this message. Um, and uh, I I just think it's you know one of his most powerful statements, maybe besides Imagine, uh, but but in a different way. And uh, and so absolutely, I think Alan White. John and Phil Spector combined just yeah. to you know create one of the one of the best singles, you know, and not not only of of John's career, but I think in a way you could argue one of the best singles. Period. I mean, it just it yeah, just oh, has yeah, it all. Yeah. Uh, Kit, can I add something to what, something you sure. had said mm-hmm. uh, before? You mentioned you brought up power to the people, and you know. Uh, when you were comparing, which I also like as a song, but mm-hmm. uh, what I think is interesting is I was thinking how power to the people, as much as I enjoy that, that definitely is more of seems more of a period. Would you mm-hmm. people agree, uh, you guys? Like it's it's you know I hate I hate you know talking about things as dated because I don't have a problem with that. But Me when you talk mm-hmm. when you're talking about subject matter. You know, it seems like it's from the early 70s, whereas something like Instant Karma, by comparison to me, plays better today as, uh, you know, any time kind of song. Yeah. Where Power to the People, right on, you know, that's kind of an expression from well, uh, early know, 70s. Instant Karma is also about, like, your own karma causing and a karma kind of thing. It's a personal yeah. thing as opposed to a political statement. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, look, we've, all, we've always had political problems. Give peace a chance works in any decade. That works, you know. Yeah. And I guess power to the people will will too. But, yeah, um, I've never been someone who was affected by music that people say is dated. Yeah, you yeah. know, because um, you know we could have a long conversation about this. There's a, the early Beatles music to me. A lot of it's dated, and I will still love it. Yeah. you know, what's the difference? Right, you know, people who say '80s music, a lot of the heavy synthesizers and drums and all that—that's very dated for its time. I still love it, you know. Yeah. Whatever anybody says, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me. I listen to all this music on a regular basis. It's never far away from me, right. you know. So when I hear "Power to the People," I don't think to myself it's dated. I still love the song just like I always did. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. A couple, couple facts about the the song. It uh, went to number five in the UK. Uh, went to number three here, which is a damn shame because this is a number one song in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of reasons why. That's a good thing to work into here. I, I thought John did a lot of this to himself. I think because of his. Uh, controversial personality because of the things that he turned people off a lot. Uh, I, I, like you said, I think this is 
a real number one hit, you know, potential. But I think a lot of times people were like, you know, eh, John Lennon, you know, I, I think he kind of like damaged that for himself. And I say that objectively from my like for him, you know, I mean, I like him. But I'm trying to be fair, you know, I mean, yeah. play, you know, playing devil, devil's advocate. I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of like, um, Oh, that Lennon and Yoko, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't really give them enough of a chance. And um, I don't know, had it been different, maybe it would have. But, it would have, but number three is not too shabby. No, um, it's not too shabby you know, sometimes know. people read way too much into the charts, and I'm a big chart buff, as Tom oh, yeah, definitely know. knows. Yeah, sure, but you right. know, sometimes it's all timing. You can right. have a song that's number one that's a really great song, while Instant Karma is number three. I remember when Imagine failed to hit number one. I think uh, the theme from Shaft was the number one song. Oh, That's well, a great yeah. recording. You know, but a lot of it is the competition and the other songs right. that are on the charts at yeah. the time. You yeah. know, but it still shows number three is respectable. Believe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Top ten something is respectable. Else, something else I didn't know while while you know researching the song, I didn't know that um, uh, Phil Spector retired in 1966. So he pretty much came out of retirement. Uh, you know, to help produce the song, which I found kind mm-hmm. of interesting. And I, f- um, I found that that George supposedly su- suggested Phil. Is that is? Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Yep, I heard I that. Or he, that. or he encouraged him to get in there and work on the song. I think what it was for this song. But but uh, mm-hmm. I think from this it led to to after the working with the Beatles. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's another thing I heard because that's uh, I never made the connection that that wound up being for, for let it be then the connection I, I never really thought about that right I was reading um, about the, it. Uh, the top of the pops of uh, uh, performance is, is pretty yeah. unique um I, i'm sure that's probably the only time we'll see uh mal evans uh performing well besides let it be <laughs> when he's doing the uh, anvil for maxwell silver hammer yeah but um but, i mean i love i love seeing yoko blindfolded and crocheting i thought that was quite a statement <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i remember john saying you know people were, were actually getting mad saying how dare she's be knitting you know, how dare she be sitting there knitting? Instead of having a smoke bomb or colored light, Yoko no. only knitted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, he's not doing himself any favors. I def- I'm the biggest Yoko defender, you know, for his- John's sake. But it yeah. comes a time when I'm like, I don't sit there and, like, you know, do that, you know, and then blindfold yeah. yourself or whatever she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to, to, to repeat, or to Amir, you guys, I mean, the, the vocal performance on this song as well, I mean, especially again at the end when, where he's, you know, screaming, we all shine on again i mean these were great screaming days for him apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah sometimes i think his peak was 1970 a lot of times i think john's vocal peak might have been like plastic auto man time his vocals on there are really good yeah they sure are yeah, yeah. his voice was strong yeah right. sure. those songs called for it i don't yeah. know if he had the same ability later on because right. like, the songs from double fantasy don't have anything you know, right. screaming vocals from Don, that, that kind yeah. of thing. But, uh, right. That's not to say he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, sure. you know, no. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Anybody else want to add anything else to these three songs? I think it was pretty unique. You know, and I see a parallel here. In 1972, when Paul was launching Wings, he released three singles yeah. that year without yeah. releasing an album. Right, it's really bizarre when you think about it. Because you know, he was building up, he was recording the stuff for Red Rose Speedway, which came out in '73, and recording right. all these other singles to start your solo career 
even though he had the early albums with Yoko, Two Virgins, and you know, right. Life with the Lions and all that, and he had Light Piece in Toronto. As far as studio material, the first three releases are all standalone singles from no album. That was pretty unique for yeah. the time. But the Beatles right. used to do, you know, songs, singles that were separate from albums all the time. Right. And they looked at it, you know, from British releases as separate entities. And I kind of missed that. I miss right. all these standalone singles. Yeah. You know, yeah, all, fun, all that was fun. Them, you know? yeah. And getting a surprise B-side. Yeah. yeah. Part of it was where he was at at that time. I mean, maybe he could only muster up a song or here or two there because of, you know, the fact that, you know, he was on, you know, on heroin and, you know, the band's breaking up and he's just finding, trying to find, you know, other things to interest him and keep him motivated. So, uh, you know, I think it's cool that he started with, with, with three singles and, and not enough, you know, not an album. I think that that was a great way to start. I mean, in fact, I mean, that wasn't that how a lot of those early British musicians started were, were with, with singles. A lot of them only put out singles for a while. Yeah, Billy Drake and, put out a lot of singles. I yeah. Think. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And folks, aren't we uh, excited to hear what this new mix is going to be for Record Store Day of Instant Karma? Yes, indeed. What is it going to be? I wonder. Uh, It's going to be. It's going to be hard to improve upon (laughs) what we're used to. I don't know how different, radically different, it's going to be. But I'm I'm curious. Yep. It'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm wondering if they're going to take away uh, the Phil Spector production end of it and just keep it very raw. Right. Um, that's a possibility. You know, it's interesting how you bring up Phil Spector because, you know, I see so much criticism, uh, you know, in Facebook of Phil Spector and a lot of people now don't want to hear all things must pass with the Phil Spector production and all that. They want to hear it stripped down. They love all the the stuff from say early takes, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and beware of Abco and the demos and all that. Uh, but, the treatment that Phil Spector brought to Instant Karma was not nearly as drastic as what he brought to True. Things Must Pass. Mm-hmm. But so there was a yeah. certain yeah. amount of control there. So mm-hmm. I think it worked for that level. I don't, don't get me wrong. I love, love Spector's production. Oh, of course. All things yeah. Must Pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was Phil, by the way. That was his right <laughs> approval. There. That was one yeah. coming through. New York right, talking. <laughs> talking about it <laughs> yeah, i was wondering what that was yeah uh, well this has been a great uh, chat in the future maybe we can discuss uh john lennon's other two uh non-album singles power to the people and happy christmas war is over sometime in the future mm-hmm. but um that's going to be it for this show so why don't we do our little um sure. round table with what's going on and uh kit let's start with you Okay. Uh, well, uh, and uh, and while I'm saying this, I'll say thank you to uh, all who have uh, sent me very nice uh, notes about my my mother. Uh, she's been having some uh, some health challenges, and so um, well, you know, I'm still going through that. So my my uh, writing's been uh, slowed down lately, and so as soon as I can get back to a regular writing schedule, I will of course uh, let you guys know. 
But, uh, but in the meantime, you can, of course, uh, check me out on Facebook. Uh, and I will, as soon as I resume writing, you can, uh, you, you will know as, uh, as soon as my new stuff is up, uh, you can check out my website, uh, kiddotool.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at kiddotool. Um, I will be recording a couple of podcast appearances in the near future. So just, uh, just uh, keep your eyes and ears open, and I will let you know when they go, uh, when the new episodes go up. Cool. All right. Well, we all love your mom, and we hope uh, she wow. gets back to um, to her normal self, and uh, we look forward to hearing more news in the future. So, oh, please thank give, you so please much. Give her our best, and we uh, we really mean it. We can't wait to uh, hope to hear that she's back to 100%. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Joe, how about you, my friend? Yes. Well, uh, um, basically, I'm on the YouTube channel known as Mean Mr. Mayo. So please subscribe and check out some of my videos of all kinds of things and also a lot of Beatles and solo Beatles. But I finally have something to also kind of promote, even though it's a little older now. I was with uh, Dr. Kit on the Tomorrow Never Knows podcast recently. We, mm -hmm. right, we did the show. We talked about the White Album and uh, making it a single uh, a disc, which uh, I like it as a double disc. I'm with Paul. To me, that's what that's the best thing Paul ever said. That's my fa number one favorite quote about shut up. It's a bloody what Beatles White Album. Shut up. Kidding around. Uh, of course, jovial in a jovial way. But um, I had a lot of fun there with yeah. Warren and uh, and Bob. And uh, check that show out. I, di I didn't promote it yet on my channel. I meant to do that. In, oh yeah, you got, yeah. It was a lot of fun in the way. So that was a lot of, a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also going to be at the Fest for Beatles fans. At, oh, wait a minute. There is no Fest for <laughs> Beatles fans. At some point. <laughs> but but we may, there may be. There may be. So just stay tuned to that, you know, and we'll, we'll tell you. Very yep. true, very true. And, yes, I think that's something that maybe everybody has done in their Beatles fandom phase is, is put the, uh, the White Album as a single album, or whether mm. or not they, you know, take away and, and add all, all the songs that were recorded. And it was not easy. Yeah. It was not easy. I've never done that. People always like to do it for fun. I, I played along, but it was right. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen so many versions where people will put Hey Jude and, and the in the regular, you know, and the, the Electric Revolution, you know, and you know, take Revolution number nine off. You know, <laughs> it, it it can be fun. You know, well, the <laughs> you first know? thing you yeah. do is take Revolution nine off in the little the little what I call segue. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, with uh, with myself and two legs, um, you know, Andy and I have been uh, we've been cranking out a lot of episodes lately, having a lot of fun. Uh, and speaking of Kit, who's been doing a lot of shows lately, um, three weeks ago, she or two weeks ago. Yeah, she did yeah. Uh, our show and we talked about the collaboration between Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Had a really good time doing that. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, with having Kid on there, and she definitely was the perfect person to have on the show to discuss that, uh, seeing that she wrote a book, uh, Michael Jackson FAQ. So there's another plug for you, Kid. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and just recently, yesterday, we posted our latest episode on London Town. We had a very good writer. His name is Owen Ling. Uh, he's been writing a lot of good stuff lately, uh, and he's been interviewing a ton of people who have collaborated mm. with McCartney throughout his career. Uh, check out his writings. Uh, he's interviewed uh, Eric Stewart, he's interviewed youth, uh, Carl Davis, um, and Richard Houston, who did the uh, orchestration for Thrillington, and uh, and so on and so on. Wow. And Pete Best, Pete, 
he's talked to Pete Best as well. So, uh, I mean, his, he's has accumulated a long list of very respectable musicians that have worked with Paul McCartney, and uh, I applaud him, and I look forward to uh, seeing more work from him. So you can check that out. And we talked about London Town, if I didn't say that already. But you can check us out on on uh, Podbean, iTunes, and uh, iHeartRadio. We also have our YouTube channel, so if you head over there and please subscribe to that, we'd really appreciate it. And lastly, I just want to uh, uh, point out uh, this uh, new book right here called uh, Paul McCartney Catalog by Ted Montgomery. He was nice enough to come on our show. We interviewed him back in uh, December, and um, I definitely recommend you guys uh, take a list or take a uh, take a look at this book. It's uh, pretty good. And that's what's wow. going on. I think I have a spot back there on my shelf for that. I think I'm just... <laughs> there you go. Very right, good, next to, very good. right next to Kit's book. All right. right, right. <laughs> well, Ted will be back probably in April, and I have two copies. So I'll probably be doing a giveaway uh, during our, our our next episode with with Ted. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Kit, do you want to give the information for Talk More Talk before we get to Ken? Yes, indeed. Uh, you can reach us at, uh, well, you can reach us on Twitter at uh, TalkMoreTalk1. That's number one. You can email us at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us, of course, on uh, our Facebook page, uh, Talk More Talk, uh, Solo Beatles, uh, yeah, Solo Beatles video cast. Uh, we also are on YouTube. You can check out our YouTube channel. Um, and we, of course, are on every podcasting platform you can think of. <laughs> um, and so uh, on iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Um, yeah. And so if you prefer to listen to us, you can do that. And uh, and send us your uh, ideas for uh, future episodes. Uh, we've gotten some yeah. great mm -hmm. ideas from yeah, listeners. We love, we love yeah. hearing that. So yeah. uh, And of course, your feedback. <laughs> so uh, so we, uh, we read uh, all the comments and, and emails. So feel free. Please uh, yes, please, please send us uh, send us a line. Yeah, and we just passed 500 subscribers on YouTube, so thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. So we're heading excited. over there and uh, listening to the show on YouTube. We know not everybody can make it here when we do this show live. So we really, really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and listening to the show uh, whenever you have the opportunity. Yep. So, and tell uh, your friends. Yeah, yeah. Ken Michaels, the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah, and over 3,000 views of our last yes. show on Facebook. Right. Thanks Excellent. to all you guys for that. Okay. Right. Unlike Joe, I have no room for books <laughs> <laughs> in my studio here, as you can probably tell. Right. Um, and you mentioned Ted Montgomery. I interviewed him recently. He's going to be on an upcoming episode of Every Little Thing, my Beatles show, the syndicated version. So I'll tell you more about that when that comes. And I'll be giving away copies of his book pretty soon on my website. Since you mentioned Michael Jackson, and I have... Kit here, Michael Jackson FAQ, and songs we were singing. I'm giving away both of them together in a special contest on my website, which starts this Thursday. So yeah. go to kenmichaelsradio.com. Just on the homepage, there's a link right to the special contest page. Over the course of eight days, I will post four titles of songs, two Beatles songs, two Michael Jackson songs. Uh -huh. Write them down, email them to me, and you can win both books. Okay, and, and by the way, let me just say, since I watched the Two Legs podcast of You Guys With Kit on Michael Jackson, excellent show. One oh. of the best so far. Thank really you. Cool. I appreciate that. 
you learn a lot about the relationship between Paul and Michael and the whole problem with getting the the Beatles songs and Michael Michael buying them. And right. I, I guarantee you, you will learn a lot in that particular episode. If, if, if anything, you'll learn that he did not steal them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Put that to rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, um, I'm on another podcast, which is oh. a Sam Wiles, Paul or Nothing. Yep. He yep. did two episodes on the Press to Play album. I'm on part two. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can find his show, Paul or Nothing, on Podbean. Okay. And hopefully someday soon we'll be doing our own show on Press to Play. Yes, we will. Oh, no. The longer we're waiting, the more I'm starting not to mind it too much. Okay. I'm starting, I'm starting to appreciate it. So. Uh, don't forget my Beatles trivia page. Every single week, you can win one of nine terrific prizes, like kids' books, songs who are singing. Lots of terrific prizes, like I mentioned, past shows. Harry Nilsson's The Point, just released on uh, Blu-ray, 50th anniversary yeah. edition, with Ringo narrating it. A lot of great prizes on that page, Beatles Trivia and Games page. Uh, the podcast for Things We Said Today, um, because Alan Cozen was sick for a while, we had to miss a few weeks. But in the last two weeks, we did a show each week. So oh, up on those two shows, uh, we did a show on Yoko for her birthday, for her 87th yes. birthday, with a little bit towards the end for George for his birthday. And our last show, uh, we had John Montagna on, who oh, yeah. is a great bass player. Great and he was talking about Paul as a bassist and his innovation as a bass player and what he brought to the Beatles and how he was, in his own words, the architect of bass players in rock and roll. And he talked a lot about Paul's bass playing in his solo career on our latest show. And you can find that on Podbean as well as YouTube and iTunes. Okay. And uh, don't forget every little thing. The only live broadcast of that show is on WNHU, which is in West Haven, Connecticut. You can catch that Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time at WNHU.org, a full hour of Beatles and solo with some interesting theme very soon. I'm probably going to do another duets set, which I know Tom was uh, bringing up in uh, a few shows yeah. back. Very interesting. Some duets you probably never heard before. Uh, so again, it's this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, WNHU.org. I think that covers everything. <laughs> I <All> hope so. <laughs> right. Well, you're, you're, you're a busy guy. I, I mean, you're almost as busy as Womack. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never get to that. <laughs> That's aiming way too high. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, once again, thank you everybody for for tuning in, listening to us uh, talk about four individuals that we love to listen to very much, and uh, looking at Joe's uh, buttons collection that he's <laughs> shown us today. Um, so we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. And uh, so for Ken Michaels. Mean Mr. Mayo, Dr. Kittle Tool, <laughs> I'm Tom Hunyadi saying, cold turkey has got me on the, the run. run. <laughs> Take All care, right, everybody. Folks. Thanks for watching. <laughs> so long. What?